Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Geoff Lacey. And I'm Claire Venice. We're off and out. And country bound in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Geoff Lacey. Thank you for joining us. We've ventured out of Petersfield for another local village Peapod, and this week it's the turn of Rogate. We'll meet residents who will give us an insight into Rogate village life and all on offer in this beautiful part of the Petersphere, from the village's history to the local school, parish council and beyond. We'll also bring you the latest local news from John Walker at the Petersfield Post, and Susie's wild walk this week comes from further afield in Suffolk. We end this week's Peapod with some rocking country music from local Musician Paul Jupe. The P stands for Petersfield. Petersfield is special to me. The P Pod. Hello, Claire. How are you? Hi, Geoff. I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm feeling a lot older. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you don't look it. Thank you very much, Claire. Yes, I turned 50 last week. I say I don't feel it. Uh, but yeah, not a bad, not a bad feeling. Good. I'm pleased you've, you've gone over that hill, as yes. it were, Joff. <laughs> it's downhill from now. Yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully it's fun. <laughs> Did you have a nice birthday? It was very nice, yes. we had, As, as I mentioned last week, uh, some lovely tomahawk steaks from Morgan's went down very nicely. Um, and then this week, um, I've been bar manager at the Festival Hall for the Winton Players' production of A Bunch of Amateurs. Of course. How's that been going? Uh, yeah, very busy, actually. So we're recording this Saturday afternoon. We've had... Two shows and nearly two, nearly two sellouts, which is great, um, but it means um, I've had to restock three times the bar, <laughs> which seems that everyone's uh, enjoying being out and about and uh, seeing some live theatre, having a, a laugh, meeting friends, so they're having a drink. Oh, quite right. Isn't it the first production that's been in the Festival Hall since, since lockdown? Yes, it is. Yes, wow. We've, we had the, uh, the music festival which we covered. Um, but yes, so the last actual production at the Festival Hall was the Panto of 2020. So yeah, so this is the first live theatre since January 2020. Oh, how brilliant. It's nice to get back on, you know, to see people on stage again and, and take part in all that. So yeah. no wonder people are having a good That's time. That's it, and the, the reaction's been brilliant. There's been lots of laughter. It's a, it's a play by uh, Ian Hislop and Nick Newman. It's like very popular. Uh, these are funny guys. So yeah, and uh, we've got one more, two more shows. Uh, yeah, and then put that to bed before we look forward to our seventy-fifth uh, anniversary production. We're going to do Oliver Twist in October. Okay, oh, so, so that's the next one. It is the next oh, one. You're it's not to say that. Yeah, so we've okay. already, we're already, already advertising it. So it's not like not like it's not the musical. So there'll be no singing, which you'll be pleased to, to know that I'm not going to be uh, singing. Oh. So, uh, but yeah. <laughs> All good stuff. Any particular role you're going to go for, Geoff? You've got an art your own. Well, I'm, I'm too old for Oliver. <laughs> um, I'm actually probably too old for Bill Sykes as well. So it looks like it could be Fagin Ooh. or Mr. Bumble. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> and I, I always visit him in, like Harry Siegel, a bit large, and I know I'm a bit overweight, but I don't think that's that's me. We had to talk to the wardrobe department, well, I think, Joff. Yeah. <laughs> they do well wonders with makeup. Bring out your dame costume again, maybe. <laughs> so, Claire. We are in the lovely setting of Rogate Primary School. What a fantastic place to come to school. I know. When we walked in, we both said, oh, 
wish I could go back to school again. <laughs> yeah. This is a beautiful, beautiful location. We are outside a classroom at the back of the school, looking oh, absolutely over the stunning downs. views down here. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, blue sky. You can see the planes in the sky. It's just fantastic. I can't wait to speak to Steph to tell us all about the yeah, school. Yeah, me too. Do you come to Rogate often, Jov? I used to. My cousin used to play um, football for Rogate Crikey 30 years ago. Um, but, no, I haven't been for a while. I think I played cricket here once. Okay. So, uh, on a Sunday. But I used to take the girls to the village hall. There's a great playing field out the back there. So they used to go and play football and then play in the playground as well, depending on what they want to do. It was a great thing to do on a, you know, a half term where there's not so much going on, but you just need to get the kids out. It's, yeah, it's I used to drive, drive through every day when I was manager of Lloyd's in Midhurst. So, yeah. And uh, um, we used to visit, visit Ballard's Brewery, which was just up the road. Very nice pint at Ballard's, that was. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, looking forward to hearing more about Rogate. So, as you know, we love to hear from you. So, if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hello, please do get in touch. You can call us or WhatsApp us on 01730 or send an email to team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we find out more about Rogate's history from resident Mari Rennie. But before that, here's John Walker and Joff with the latest local news. Hello, John. We're out and about this Sunday um, enjoying the Rugby Sevens. How are you? Very well, mate. Very well. Yeah, how are you? You've had a busy few nights. Busy few nights being bar manager for uh, the Winton Players production of Bunch of Avatars. Gone very well. Really great to be back at the, the, the Festival Hall. So, yes. So, John, what's gone on over the last seven days? Well, as you know, there's a dispersal order, which is ongoing at the moment. Over the weekend, the police uh, put another dispersal order in on the square uh, and the roads around it to try and curtail the uh, antisocial behaviour. Who knows? Four police officers were spotted at the rail station arresting an old woman on the train. <laughs> I have witnesses to that. <laughs> but non-payment of ticket. Who knows, Joff? But she certainly didn't look capable of any antisocial behaviour, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the second or third one we've had now, isn't it? It's the third one and um, fair play to them. They're... they're trying to do something about what is considered to be a problem in the town. It appears they're also, um, when Penn's Place, which is where we are on this wet afternoon, where the Pub 7s are, just scored a try. I don't know who they are, but they look lovely in their pink shirts. Yeah, when the Penn's Place offices, EHDC, closed, the police are reversing their previous policy and apparently are looking for uh, premises in the town. They, They had a look at Heidi's. And that uh, didn't meet requirements because they have to obviously put in all sorts of bits and pieces, showers, custody suite, you know, somewhere where they can keep their tasers that is secure. (laughs) And as we found out down here, they have to have a secure uh, phone line. Um, So previously they said out of town, as the offices aren't going to be open, we don't need it in town, so out of town, Penn's Place, ideal. Now they're saying, let's move back into the town. You have to wonder how much this U-turn has cost everybody. And obviously, uh, HSBC will become vacant in September, which coincides with the move to the Money Barn offices. Yeah, that's where the HDC uh, plan to leave uh, Penn's place. Yeah, the the police will be looking for somewhere, and I suspect HSBC building will be big enough, ideal enough. And I'm not sure, but I believe there's parking round the back 
where the post office are could probably allocate some spaces to them. So it'd be a bit ironic, wouldn't it, if they traded one Victorian building round in St Peter's Road for another Victorian building in the square. And what else has landed on your desk this week? Uh, well, there seems to be a growing concern over the uh, traffic. Oh, TROs, they're called. I don't know if it's right. Oh, they're orders that, uh, to change where people park on the roads, how they park, how they use some roads. And there's a, a raft of them being uh, introduced in Petersfield to um, make parking harder for people which is all very well, but when it's on residential roads, it means the residents are going to struggle to park. And I believe, in particular at the moment, uh, residents of some of the Herne Farm roads are getting a bit irate about it and are getting together next week to see what can be done about it, if anything. How many long-term car parks are there within the town? Because Waitrose, the Tesco car park, they're a maximum three hours. So where would your commuters who we're, we're needing to come to the town, where can they park? Well, yeah, that is one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is if you move to Petersfield to commute to London, you've got to make your own way to the station, you know. What about, the, what about those who work in Petersfield? Uh, well, yeah, it's unfortunate, you're right. Um, I suspect it's all part of this active travel thing. You know, catch a bus would be the answer, perhaps, or use your bike or get your wife to drop you off or your husband, whichever way you want to look at it. But they certainly want to try and clear out the number of parked cars in the town. Unfortunately, it looks as though the residents will, um, some residents will fall foul of this when they won't be able to park their own cars outside their own houses. Does that mean they'll just relocate to the high street and around the square? I wouldn't like to say, but as, as we've discussed before, there are plans to put in um, parking meters down the high street uh, and to shut off some sides of the square for parking. I mean, it's there is. I mean, you look at today. It's the farmers market and the pub sevens, but the high street was rammed. There was people just parking everywhere along the high street from top to bottom. They need to move that around and clear it out. And as I say, I, I, I witnessed parking on the edge of the junction at the bottom of the high street. So, according to the highway code, you you shouldn't be parking there. Um, they shouldn't be parking there. Exactly right. But if you haven't got the old-fashioned traffic warden who lives in the town and wanders around the town, you're not going to get penalised for it nine times out of ten. So it's just a whole... They're just not addressing the whole thing. We've joined up thinking in any correct way. And that's as simple as that. And what else has caught your eye? Two Petersfield Town Council employees who want to hold a music event in uh, aid of Ukraine in the Festival Hall um, have been given the go-ahead by the council... We should look forward to seeing who's appearing at the uh, Sunflower Festival. And what are you looking forward to this week, John? Yeah, there's a couple of things coming up. There's uh, Church's College annual talk. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be quite interesting this year. It's the next TV presenter, is it Dame Floella or whatever her name is? Floella Benjamin? That's... Play school? Duchess, I believe she's now or something, <laughs> Baroness. So, yeah, she's holding, giving the annual uh, speech... Grills speech at Church's College. It's going to be an interesting week, I think, and we're building up to the summer. Things are happening again, flower shows, events. I think the Spring Festival is on soon, and, um, yeah. And we've got the Pollinator Day by the Beekeepers Association next Saturday. I look forward to seeing you there. Well, you'll have to look bloody hard, Joff. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... You're going to be dressed as a bee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're moving on swiftly. Thank you, Joff. I'll see you next week, mate. Take care, bye.
the Peaceful Post is out every Wednesday and costs a nice round pound. And it's worth every single penny. So John tells me. So please get one with your weekly shot or subscribe to the digital version. Sitting on the Hampshire and West Sussex border, Rogate lies midway between Petersfield and Midhurst. Comprising a church, primary school and village shop, Rogate also boasts an annual summer fete, the history of which dates back to 1268. Many of Rogate's buildings in the centre of the village date back to Tudor times and in the 16th century, Rogate was a major play in the Sussex iron industry. To tell us more about the history of the village, we're delighted to welcome Mari Rennie to the Peapod. Hello, Mari. How are you? Oh, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Wow, thank you for coming along. So, tell us a little bit about Rogate. Well, I think one of the things is that Rogate's in a very interesting position. It's the heart of the Western Weald. It lies just above the Rother and the marshland and then the Greensand Hills and the deep ravine of Harting Coombe, where iron ore was found in the clay. Rogate probably developed as a medieval iron industry settlement, about 1300. It's not in the Doomsday Book like the neighbouring Saxon villages of Stedham and Chithurst. The Weald was the industrial heart of medieval England, producing the armaments for the wars with France and Spain. This is a nice thought. Perhaps the cannons that sank the Armada came from the iron furnaces near Rogate. With the discovery of coke, of course, the iron industry moved to the coal fields of northern England and Rogate, like the rest of the area, became a simple farming community. The Church of St. Bartholomew dates from about 1150 but was virtually rebuilt by the Victorians. An annual fete and flower show for many years took place near St. Bartholomew's Day. That was the point of it. There was a fair, a medieval fair. The White Horse pub dates from about 1550, but sadly it closed in 2017. Attempts have been made to buy it, but Harvey's have refused to sell at the prices offered, and very sadly this listed building in the heart of the village is left deteriorating. There are two beautiful 17th century stone bridges over the Rother. From 1860 to 1960 there was a railway. A school from the 1860s, parish council from 1894, a choral society from 1908, we recently celebrated its centenary, and of course the post office and at one time various shops. The village is fortunate still to retain its post office and shop. A village hall was built in 1924, and from the 1950s new housing was built at Parsonage. It became part of the South Downs National Park in 2011. Historic indecision about its route has meant there is no bypass and the centre of the village carries heavy traffic. But away from the traffic, Rogate has the banks of the Rother, beautiful views, woodlands, walks and varied countryside, wild daffodils, bluebells and the Terrick Lupin Field. That looping field is beautiful as well. It's absolutely stunning, Mari. Thank you for that piece of history. How long have you been in the village yourself? Well, I came here in 1973, but, I mean, there's not a lot of employment here, so I've been in America and I've been in London for work and then come back. And what's the one thing you you love about Rogate? I just think its environment is lovely, the woodlands and the natural life that's everywhere, and the river is beautiful. There's a lovely walk down to something called Black Bridge, and it's really beautiful. I used to take my dogs down there, and they'd swim and paddle, and my children at one point. (laughs) 
Well, it is a lovely spot, and you've been instrumental in helping set up this peapod. Thank you very much Thank for getting you. Thank you for your a lot interest. of the villagers together. Thanks. Thank you. The P stands for Petersfield. I think it's an amazing place to live. The Peapod. Susie heads east this week for her wild walk and enjoys the nature and surroundings in Suffolk. Well, I hope you can hear that. I'm just standing in the most phenomenal rookery that I reckon has been here for centuries. Um, I'm going to take a photograph of it as well because every tree is completely bobbled with rooks' nests. It's wonderful. When we walked beneath them, they completely set up such a racket that I couldn't have recorded there. So we've moved away a bit now and they have settled down. Um, and also the cat has gone. So we'll walk on a bit, shall we now? Um, okay, through. So I'm going over a really ancient style. You will never guess where I am, because you couldn't, because we're not in the Petersphere. We've come up to Norfolk, though I'm not in Norfolk at the moment, to see Richard's family. Uh, I think I might have mentioned, um, it's, we call it a murmuration of starlings because that's all his family name, that side of his family, his mother's side. Uh, but we've stayed at Long Melford and it's just the most lovely place in Suffolk. It was a horrendous journey. And all the way here we're going, why are we doing this? This is so terrible. Um, it took us four and a half hours. It should have taken three. But once you're here, it is just so, well, words fail me actually because it is like stepping back in time it is so completely rural so completely in touch with English history I remember why I had wanted to uh, to live in Suffolk actually um, I'm sure it's the only reason I went out with the chap I did at the time to be amongst the rooks Elizabethan Hall lots of antique shops but not in a sort of intrusive Cotswoldy way but just sort of it's part of being here. It's almost like going to a French bricolage or something like that, you know, where it just kind of is. And, oh, we had a wonderful meal last night in um, a Pets Pyjamas hotel called The Black Lion. And they are so dog-friendly. It's just completely wonderful. They even, There is even a dog's menu, not in one of those horrible little creatures under your arm way, but in a sensible, healthy dog treat way. Right, are you going to come through? Come on then. Good girl. The styles are dog friendly. I'm now looking at this wonderful church with an incredible tree outside it. There's going to be a wedding there later. So many houses in the village um, have got, I must say wreaths, it sounds like a funeral, but, you know, wedding wreaths on the door, lots of roses and things. Um, so it's, yeah, it's wonderful. But that's my dawn walk in the rookery. Coming up, we find out more about Rogate and bring you our latest What's On guide full of events taking place in the Petersphere. First, full of information about what makes a village, let's meet Susie and Marcus Batty along with Mary Ann Berendt. Between them, they have all the info about what goes on in Rogate, from the village hall and the wreck to a pop-up pub and more. 
Hello, everyone. Very nice to meet you. Now, Marcus, I've heard the shop, the village shop, plays a very important role in the village itself. And unfortunately, the people who own the shop aren't here today, but, but you're representing. Can you tell us a bit more about the shop, please? Well, I can say that I'm a very satisfied regular customer. <laughs> uh, Robert has made the shop a great success over the past few years, and very much it's a local shop. So it says local produce. Uh, at the moment, of course, it's asparagus from a local farm. He sells local cakes from a local cake maker. Uh, <laughs> um, and also, above saying, it's also a local hub, very much a place where the community can chat and talk. Uh, it's a very friendly sort of place. Oh, and I shouldn't forget, of course, the post office, because it's, of course, all the normal range of services that a post office provides. Just would like to make a quick plug for his sausage rolls, because he has a wonderful range of takeaway food, if you like. He's the only shop between Petersfield and Midhurst, the only community shop, the only shop, and the only post office between here and uh, Petersfield and Midhurst. And so he gets a lot of custom for sausages, sausage rolls, um, pasties, that sort of thing. Scotch egg. I was going to ask that question. I was just thinking, there is nothing between, let's say, and it's, was it nine miles from Petersfield to Midhurst? So it's uh, it's quite, about nine miles, nine or ten. Yeah, that's yeah, so it's area. quite a big yeah. catchment area that he's got to, to look after, really. Yeah, and you see a lot of people stopping, you know, tradesmen, you know, right from, right from the early morning right through to closing time. They're always stopping because he sells teas and coffees, you know. And coffee's brilliant. Um, um, soft drinks, plus the pasties and cakes and all the normal range of stuff that, well, you, you know, daily essentials, newspapers. You told us in the warm-up that you... you You've had an almond croissant this morning. Yes. And just tell us, how good was that almond croissant? Well, he has... Very good. <laughs> Let me just say, very good. He has a range of um, croissant um, frozen, actually, which you just put in your oven and, and bake up. He's also got, uh, you know, a range of cook food. Oh. So he's really forward-looking in what he uh, provides to the local community. And it's important to have a hub as well, because, as Murray was saying about the pub... You know, it's important in villages to have a place where people can congregate and can catch up with each other, you know, as you're sort of passing. So, Well, I mean, so that, you're quite that. right, because I read something in the newspaper the other day about the need for the third space. There's home, there's the workspace, and there's the third space, which is where the community meets. It's very important, in, in the absence of the pub that Mari was talking about, um, you know, if only that could come back. But at the moment, the shop is providing a very valuable um, opportunity for people to meet. And gossip. And gossip. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, Susie, you're involved with the Village Hall in, in Rogate. Can you tell us a bit more about the Village Hall and what goes on there, then? Well, as Mari said, it started in the 1920s, and it was given land given to the village for recreational purposes for the parishioners. And I guess it's gone from strength to strength, really. There was a fundraising campaign and a smaller building which has gradually been extended over the years. So we can seat about 100 people in the hall and there's a proper stage and then changing rooms for the football and a, re a decent kitchen and a five-acre recreational ground for all sorts of activities, formal and informal. So there are football teams, there's a basketball court... There's tennis and bowls, children's playground, and most recently, an outdoor keep-fit gym. And then all the informal things that happen, especially at weekends when families come and play. 
And people walk their dogs with all the attendant issues that go with that. Um, we do uh, hire the hall for weddings, and it's a wonderful location because obviously you can be outside as well in good weather. We even have people camping. Um, other occasions we have bicycle races that stop off at the hall for receptions. We have family parties. And, of course, we do have this fabulous annual summer fete rather a sorry well a lack of an event over during lockdown but it will come back and then we're going to have a massive jubilee party on the jubilee weekend so that's something to look forward to but there's also a, a pop-up pub i've heard about that takes yes, place that's fantastic village. and we all support that one of the local residents who um is in the hospitality industry she runs that every friday during the summer months um slightly cutting out in the middle of the summer holidays when most people are away so it's all very informal. She runs the bar with wine, beer, squash, ice creams, crisps, all sorts of things. Uh, run from the pavilion, which backs onto the recreation ground, and then everybody spills out in good weather onto what we call the wreck. And the kids muck around, and everybody gets together and, and has a, a good time, really. It's fantastic, especially after lockdown and with the closed pub. It just was such a release for everybody in the village. And how often is it open? Well, it's every Friday in the summer, and it'll run until the very last one will be the first weekend in September, but there will be a brief gap in the summer holidays. So that's about all I can tell you about the pub, I think, except (laughs) it's great. (laughs) Now, Marianne, you're also involved heavily in the village uh, with something I I understand called Little Angels. Can you explain a bit more about them, please? Little Angels, yes. It's a uh, baby and toddler group which has been going, I think, for about 18 to 20 years. And um, I stepped in when the person who used to run it became ill, stepped in temporarily about six years ago, and I'm still at it. Uh, It's every Monday morning in in, uh, the village hall, and it's very well attended. Uh, We have lovely families who come along. I think the the mums um, enjoy it, and the dads who come, they enjoy it as much as the children and we serve tea and coffee, and they they pay £2 for a family, and uh, it's very, very successful. And is that just for Rogate residents, or can anyone, if someone's listening to this now and they're they're at home with their little ones and feeling a little bit lonely, can they pop along as as well? Yes, people are welcome from anywhere. We get people coming from Petersfield and Midhurst, Liss, South Harting, so it's very well attended, and everybody's welcome. So... How long have you all been residents in the village? And uh, what's the one thing you, you love about it? We're newbies, I'm afraid. Oh, are you? We've only been here 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a hope, <laughs> as the older residents tell me. But when we first arrived, I was very quickly asked, are you stopping? <laughs> I thought I would, but... Um, I find it really peaceful here, and I, I'm not from the southeast, and it's unexpectedly very lovely and very peaceful. We can walk from the village across the fields and into the woods or down to the river. Um, it's a delight, really. Uh, well, I moved to the village in uh, 2005 um, as a single person, vowing never to have another person in my life. <laughs> I bought a cottage um, and the lovely elderly couple who sold it to me decided to choose me over somebody else because they thought I'd be good for the village. 
And sadly, it seems to be true because I get involved in most things, yes. um, which I do enjoy, actually. But it's hard work, but very rewarding being part of a team. And I came with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. <though. laughs> but I would just add, it's wonderfully accessible to all sorts of places. Airports, um, London, uh, Brighton, Chichester, wonderful arts at Chichester. So it's just a wonderfully central place to be. The Downs. The Downs. I, um, I also get involved in um, running our monthly pop-up lunch, which is really for uh, older people and perhaps people who live alone, don't have families around and about. Um, that happens on the first Wednesday in each month. And we, uh, just a bunch of volunteers, prepare rather a fine meal, actually. Mm. The most daunting bit was being assessed by the environmental health officer uh, but we got five out of five, that was okay. But we, ser we serve um, up to 60 people once a month, and, and people absolutely love it. In fact, uh, Mari comes, and uh, she says it's one of the best community events in the village. Now, Marianne, I understand, as you said, that you came to the village to be on your own. That didn't quite work out as you planned, did it? No, no, it didn't. I, I became very attached to the delightful old couple I'd bought the house from, um, because I'd bought their beloved cottage, they introduced me to their family, uh, including their eldest son, who I later married. <laughs> so um, I, not only was that I, did I become good for the village, but the cottage became good for me as well. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely story. Now, I understand Stephen is, is involved in the R&T <laughs> news here. What does R&T stand for? Uh, R&T stands for Rogate and Terrick. Um, I think it covers Trotton as well. Um, but the Rogate and Terrick News, or the R&T, as it's affectionately known, is um, a monthly magazine which Stephen edits, and it's stuffed full of um, useful information. And the village is getting involved with some Ukrainian refugees. Well, I think there is actually our first Ukrainian refugee family in the village, but um, since a week after the war started, uh, Stephen and I uh, have... Uh, our home has acted as a collection point for donations for Ukraine. We uh, have put out appeals and people have been extraordinarily generous. Wonderful, wonderful amount of, of um, goods that they've given, which we then take down to the Jacob's Well charity in Gosport. And the good thing about a small charity is that the aid reaches its destination within two or three days. So what we know that we collect, which people donate to us, will be actually in use on the Romanian-Ukraine border within a week. Sounds lovely. It's very nice to meet you. Thank you very much for telling us more about Rogate. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? This Thursday, the 5th of May, sees the launch of the Peaceful Walking Festival with a visit from the Alton Walking Festival. Walkers will gather at Petersfield Station at 9.15am and set off at 9.45 for a 15-mile walk along the Hangers Way. There will be a ceremonial handing over of the walking stick baton as the event is launched. For more details, go to peacefulwalkingfestival.co.uk. 
The Portsmouth and District British Sugarcraft Guild are hosting a sugar paste modelling demonstration on Friday, May 6th from 7.15 until 9.30pm at the Drayton United Church in Havant. Tickets are £3.50 for members, £4 for visitors. More information can be found at the BSG Portsmouth and District Cake Decorating and Sugarcraft Group Facebook page. If you would like to get involved in a gentle outdoor activity, then Artscape could be for you. Artscape is looking for 12 people to engage in a bi-weekly creative project from May the 10th from 2 until 4pm at the Peaceful Community Garden. For more information, contact Mandy Molyneux on 07452 955 626. There will be an evening choral concert by the Rogate Choral Society on May the 21st at St George's Church in Trotton. This spring concert will take place from 7.30 until 9.30pm. Tickets are £15 to include a glass of wine and can be purchased at One Tree Books or at the door on the night. And if you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. With a brighter mix of music, local news and weather, there is also a wide variety of programmes to choose from. You can listen to the most recent episode of Talking Books with Susie Wilde and Tim O'Kelly. In addition to what they're reading, there's also an interview with head gardener, journalist and landscape historian Ben Dark. To listen to Talking Books and other programmes, tune in to shineradio.uk. Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. Rogate CE Primary School has recently celebrated their 150th anniversary. The school is also part of a Downland Schools Federation, along with Compton and Upmarden and Rake. And here to tell us more is head teacher Steph Goward. Good afternoon, Steph. Thank you for hosting us today you are very welcome we're very fortunate that it's a beautiful sunny day um, and we have the most amazing outlook here with views across the south downs i must say this must be a lovely place to teach it is it is and i think you just have to stand out here for a few minutes and you automatically feel calm and incredibly happy You do. You're absolutely right. It is lovely being here. Thank you very much for hosting us. Now, tell us more about the school. How many pupils do you have here? So we are very small. We have about 70 children here at the moment, um, but we're still a through primary school. So we take children from the age of four and they leave us at the age of 11. And where where do the the children come from? Are they mainly from Rogate or...? And so the children come from Rogate, so we have a lot of local families, and we also are teaching currently some children um, of parents who we've taught before. So we have generations going through our village, and in fact at the 150th event that you've just talked about, um, we have had people in their late 80s who attended our school, and I think that's a real privilege of teaching in such a small rural school, that we teach families who've been coming here for decades um so really it is an amazing place to work and how long have you been head teacher here so i've been working here for 14 years and i've been a head of school not quite the full head teacher but a head (laughs) of school um for about three or four years now 
I imagine the school has seen some changes over the 150 years and, and the 14 years we that you've have. been here as well. And over the 14 years, there have been quite a few changes. Um, we've got an extra classroom that we never used to have. Um, technology has moved on hugely and it's sometimes quite challenging as teachers to keep up with that, but you can be sure that the children will teach you the things that you're not quite sure of um, and also we have uh, changed in that we're part of a federation and for those people who've never heard of a federation before it's basically a cluster of small schools that work in collaboration and we have an overarching executive head teacher David Burtwistle and a senior leadership team including myself and Paul Brown and a whole group of teachers. And we get together for training. We also have the luxury of being able to move our children across for enrichment days to our other schools. So we have a Jubilee celebration day at Rake Primary School where all the children from Compton and Upmarden School and Rogate Primary School will be coming together. And that's a lovely opportunity for the children to take part in activities um, that are really engaging and exciting and they get to meet new friends as well. Which is, I imagine, really important over the last couple yeah. of years when we haven't been able to get Absolutely. together and socialise. And I think there are so many benefits of working as part of a federation. And we are realising more and more of them all of the time. Now, I know that there's a lot of talk about well-being and, and mental health at schools, particularly because of the last couple mm -hmm. of years. I imagine that's in full force here with the beautiful yeah. setting you have. I think we're very fortunate in the very nature of our setting. We are small, our class sizes are smaller than average and we manage to support a high adult to child ratio and we know our children really well and we teach every child as an individual and not only do we get to know the children but we get to know the families really well and develop very close relationships and at the heart of everything we do, we put the children's well-being first. Because if you have happy children, everything else comes. And I believe very passionately that children just need simple things in life. They need your time and they need space. And we do the best to provide that in a very loving, nurturing environment. And what's your, your hopes and dreams as we come to the end, well, nearly the end of one school year, going into the next one in September? Really, it's to build on our success. We are expanding, we are growing. We want our children to develop that love of learning and I truly believe here they get the best opportunity to develop that. I would love to come here as a child, not only as the head teacher, but as a child too. So... As well as teaching the day-to-day -day curriculum, we provide lots of enrichment opportunities. So we provide wraparound care, so children um, whose parents perhaps work can drop them off at quarter to eight and collect them at six. And we also provide a whole range of different clubs. So we have a dedicated sports coach who teaches PE and teaches sports clubs across all three schools. We also provide opportunities for Forest School and we are able to walk to the bottom of our two-acre site, down some steps, cross a tiny little lane and use a piece of woodland 
and the children absolutely love den building, lighting fires and just exploring and taking time in nature. And we've heard from everyone else that community is really important within the village. Is that, is that true with the school? Absolutely. I think everyone who lives in Rogate is pro-community. We are a tiny community but have so much on offer. Even right from individuals coming into school. So Mari has been into school and has taught some of the children about the local history and about Anglo-Saxons and Normans and how that links into some of the place names and indeed surnames. We've also got really good links with um, Mary Marianne and Little Angels and we have our own um, mother, mother and toddler group here every Thursday morning so they can go to Little Angels on a Monday and then come to our school and bring their little ones here. And we also take the children out into the local community so we take part in the Rogate Fete, we provide singing, our PTA, the RSFF, have different stalls and run the barbecue. We also take the children out for choir singing and we do that at Christmas time. So we've done carol singing on the Parsonage Estate and we've sung to the luncheon club at Christmas too. Even the shop has now developed a link with us and each term we produce a lovely art display which is displayed in the shop windows. We recently had an Easter display, we've had a Valentine's Day display and we'll be doing a Jubilee celebration. And finally we can't forget the church because we are a church school. Father Edward comes in every Wednesday morning and leads a worship with the children and we also have beautiful outdoor services in our grounds for Easter and our leavers service. And we also go to church for harvest and our nativity service too. So we are fully part of the community, but always keen to, to strengthen that in the future. Steph, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you for telling us all about this wonderful school and what you do. Thank you for having me. The P stands for Petersfield. I like going to the open air swimming pool and shopping. <laughs> the P Pod. The Parish Council of Rogate also incorporates the small village communities of Fining, Haben, Hillbrow, Rake, and Turwick. Chair of the Rogate Parish Council, Max Harwood, joins us now. Hello, Max. Hello. How long have you been chair of the Parish Council here? Not very long. I would, I would say about two years, but I've probably been on the council for about eight years now. What are your goals as chair of the, the parish council and what's important to you? Well, the parish council doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a proper council as in, as in kind of you, you see in Hampshire or, or Chichester. But it's, it's really just looking after the, the little things in the village and the surrounding area that you can, where you can make a small, di- a small difference. Um, Yes, it's just adding adding that little bit to the community. And what makes Rogate special for you? Um, it's got a nice community, and it's a it's a it's a very pleasant little village, and and of course Rake is also a, and and it's the surrounding areas, so they're just this is a nice area to live. There are some beautiful outdoor spaces around here as well. I imagine walking is a is an important part of, of village life. Is that something that you take care of in the parish council? It is. We try to. Um, we've got miles of footpaths around, and really, you can just keep extending walks almost as much as you like. 
Um, it's important for us to try and keep the footpaths as clear as possible. It's not always easy because Chichester have got Chichester Highways have got control of the footpaths, but not the National Park. And it feels like the National Park should should have the footpaths under their remit because walking will be an important part of recreation within the park. Um, and we've also got, I think we've got three national trails running through the village. So we've got the border path, which goes right around Sussex. Um, we've got the serpent trail, which snakes its way from, from Hazelmere. And we've got the ship, the shipwright's way, which is in the far west of the, of the parish. So we are incredibly lucky. And where we're standing now, we, we can see the, um, the South Downs way. Which I'm walking in a couple of weeks' time. I'm walking from uh, Amberley to Petersfield. Yes, we're incredibly lucky to have these, these walks. What's your hopes for the, the Rowgate and the Parish Council over the next year or so? Well, really, it's just, it's just, just to keep on doing what we're doing, those, those little things that, that, that try to make life better for everybody around us. Are people wanting to move to Rowgate, and, or is it are you reached capacity? Is there, is there house building within the village? Now, that's a tricky one. <laughs> we, we've got a lot of land... Um, but house building is is quite restricted. We're in a we're in a national park. Um, the land is 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 largely agricultural. The the ability to get the planners to let new houses develop. What, what the village really needs, I believe, is is some social housing. And it's very difficult to find to find well areas where we where we can actually put up social housing. There are boundaries, and there are there are blocks on all sides. There's, the farmers don't 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 like losing their land. The planners have got very 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 distinct ideas about where you can put a where you can put a house, um, and it would be nice to have an increased number of small families, or families who who can build the community and add to the school and the shop and all the other things that are going on. Now, is the parish council getting involved in any jubilee celebrations coming up? That's a good question. Um, it's supporting it. It's supporting it. Um, so yes, it will. From the point of view of supporting it, yes. And uh, I've heard a little bit about the open spaces. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, for a tiny village, we've got we've got quite a few open spaces. We've got um, Terrick Woodland, um, which is a small about fourteen acres of woodland at, at the northern end of Finding Lane. We got find, we got finding recreation ground, which is along Dangstein Road, and th- that's a really magical spot. Um, if you go to Rake, there's Bullhill Recreation Ground, which is part woodland, part grass, good for kicking a ball around. And if and also in Rake, we've got Oliver's Peace, which is along the old A3. And if you fancy sitting there and having a sandwich with fantastic views, I recommend Oliver's Peace as a place to sit for a while. Thank you very much for telling us more about the Parish Council here. Thank you. The P stands for Petersfield. It's like the best town ever. (laughs) The Peapod. And so we come to the end of this week's Rogate Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to the Rooks and the Plains, who've also got involved. Thanks also to our guests, Mari Rennie, Susie and Marcus Batty, Marianne Brent, Steph Garwood, Max Harwood, Susie Wilde and John Walker, as well as to the community-minded volunteers at Shine Radio who support the show and help to put it together. This week's music comes from local artist Paul Duke and his rocking song, Country Sound. So from Joff and I and everyone at Rogate, this week. Bye! Bye.
in Petersfield and look at us sitting around drinking bovril and waiting for some cool cat to invent Shine Radio. It's so boring without that. Quite, but hold it in, missus, because when they do, it'll be thoroughly modern and made of formica, probably. This summer, Shine Radio turns back the clock to the 1950s. We'll be sharing stories from the Petersfield archives and your own memories, reliving the music of the time, and we'll be live at Petersfield's Platinum Jubilee Fair in June. Do get in touch if you have a recollection of Petersfield in the 50s and stand by for a summer of Petersfield memories only on Petersfield's Shine Radio. Too right. We'll be having a blast. Quite so. It's the word from the bird, Daddy-o. Oh, shush. <laughs> 